your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Good morning. You have survived it. It is Friday. You've made the week. Praise be to God. Going to have a great weekend. We're looking forward to that. But here's a question. Is the rise in crime across the country related to the defund police movement? Today we're going to be speaking with National VP of the Fraternal Order of Police, Joe Gamaldi, to discuss that. You know, New York, they declared a, a state of emergency over gun violence. Of course, Chicago, you know, they had a police officer shot. I think it was just yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. So the, the rise in violence across the country, is it related to the defund police? Joe Gamaldi will be our guest to discuss that. Also on the program, returning is Bishop Athanasius Schneider. We uh, had a great opportunity to interview him a couple of months ago now. But he is back to talk about the rumors that surround the traditional Latin Mass. And those rumors seem to suggest that there's going to be a, a revision to the Samorum Pontificum. Will the TLM be suppressed? May it be banned? Is it possible that... Uh, priests who say the extraordinary form of the Mass will be forced to say the ordinary form of the Mass. Is that possible? What does Bishop Athanasius Schneider think? We're going to be asking him those questions, along with what is the canonical status of the SSPX? You might have heard of them, the Society of St. Pius X. Um, some people have some understanding about them that may not be in keeping with what uh, the church thinks about them. So we're going to be asking the guy who was sent by the CDF to observe the SSPX, Bishop Athanasius Schneider. We're going to get his take on the SSPX today as well. So it's going to be a jam-packed show. Hopefully you'll join us for all or part of it in this first hour. Of course, in the second hour today is Friday, which means we give out prizes every Friday, and you could win if you join us in the second hour. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Praise be to God. All good news on Friday, right? Um, mm, uh, one way mm, or another. Mm. It all, like I said, the, the good news of the of our Lord Jesus Christ the triumphs all. <laughs> uh, that's the get out of jail free card right there. <laughs> uh, oh, breaking news. I, this was just uh, this morning we got up. Uh, Father Altman's faculties have been suspended. Uh, he has been removed from his parish there in La Crosse, Wisconsin. He is uh, allowed to say private mass, but only for himself and his aging parents. But that's it. Uh, so as he continues to uh, fight for his uh, his status and situation there, keep Father Altman in the diocese in prayer. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of needing prayer, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. You have survived the day so far. So far. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. If you pass out on the board over there, do us a favor and uh, keep doing your job. All righty. No problem. <laughs> You'll survive. It'll be fine. Let's pray for everyone's intentions, including you, dear listener, whatever's on your heart, whatever your needs are. We're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven, to pray for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janelle Lang. Looking at the headlines today from LifeSite News, Hungary rebukes EU demand to change anti-pedophilia law. The President of the European Commission has warned Hungary that she is prepared to use the power of the EC to penalize the country following the implementation of a law which bans schools from using pro-homosexual materials. Doubling down on her promise last month to legally challenge Hungary, Ursula von der Leyen, who heads the EC, told the European Parliament that Hungary's new law, quote, puts homosexuality and gender reassignment on par with pornography. This law uses the protection of children, to which we are all committed, as an excuse to severely discriminate against people because of their sexual orientation, end quote. The law in question prohibits the dissemination of material portraying homosexuality, transgenderism, and pornography to children under the age of 18. The legislation also bans such material from being advertised on television and strengthens laws against pedophilia, in part by creating a new sex offenders register. The legislation was passed by an overwhelming majority, 157 to 1 in favor of the law. Against this, von der Leyen said if Hungary doesn't set things right, rescind the law, the Commission will use the powers invested in it as the guardian on the treaties. Let's be clear, we will use these powers on whichever member state impedes the European law. The EC contends that Hungarian President Viktor Orban, who leads the highly popular conservative Fidesz party in Hungary's National Assembly, has breached European Union law by undermining democracy, EU values, principles and law. Spanish EU maker Garcia Perez blasted the anti-pedophilia law as going against human rights. Dutch Prime Minister Mark Root went a step further stating his intention to bring Hungary to its knees by forcing the country to either accept and implement pro-homosexual laws or else it should leave the EU. The European Union passed a resolution Thursday denouncing Hungary's new anti-pedophilia law, which includes a ban on pro-LGBTQ materials on school. Quote, Brussels bureaucrats have no business at all. No matter what they do, we will not let LGBTQ activists among our children, Hungarian Premier Viktor Orban declared, Poland too sent a message in support of Hungary's decision to criminalize pro-homosexual material in schools, with the Minister for Health Przemysław Zarsnek telling Polish conservative magazine that we should copy these regulations on Polish soil in their entirety. In a nationwide poll issued ahead of next year's election, general election, Orban reached out to Hungarians to defend the law as a measure of child protection and to criticize the overreach of the EU. Quote, We Central Europeans know what it is like when the state party or the dictatorial system and the power monopoly, monopoly it operates want to raise children instead of their parents, the survey reads. We did not allow it to these communists, so we will not allow these self-appointed apostles of liberal democracy to educate the children instead of Hungarian parents either. Meanwhile, Orban has been pushing the COVID-19 vaccine scheme in Hungary, extending the program to 12 to 16-year-olds in June. The Prime Minister also promised that those who had taken the first shot of the vaccine but missed the second would have all privileges associated with vaccinating stripped from them and their COVID immunity certifi certificate revoked. And those are your headline news for Friday, July 9th. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Veronica Giliani. 
She was born in 1660 at Mercatillo and was born wealthy, the daughter of Francesco Guliana and Bernadetta Manichini. In her youth, Ursula developed a deep spirituality and desired nothing more than to dedicate her life to God. She received visions that as a child and her first words were reported to be, Do justice. God sees you, said to a crooked merchant. Ursula's father presented suitors in hopes that she would marry her. The girl uh, became ill at the idea of not devoting her life to God, and she finally received her father's blessing on her call to religious life. She joined the poor Clares in Chita de Castillo, Umbria, Italy, on the 17th of July, 1677, at the age of 17. Receiving the veil on the 28th of October and taking the name Veronica, in 1693, she received visions and indicated that the passion would be reenacted in her own soul. And in 1694, she received the first sign of the stigmata, in her case, the visible wounds of the crown of thorns. On Good Friday in 1697, she received the wounds on her hands, feet, and side. She submitted to medical treatment and many examinations, never trying to prove the stigmata was real, just suffering through the wounds, the exams, and the scorn of her peers. Veronica served as a novice master for over 30 years and she refused to let them read any related to visions or mysticism, insisting that they become practical brides of Christ. She was chosen as abbess of her house in 1716 and served for more than a decade. Her 10-volume diary of the Passion of the Passion catalogs her religious experiences. She died on the 9th of July 1727 at Città de Castillo, Italy of natural causes. The figure of the cross was found impressed upon her heart and her body was incorrupt. She was canonized on the 26th of May, 1839 by Pope Gregory XVI. St. Veronica Giliani, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 23. Jesus said to his apostles, Behold, I am sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and simple as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake, as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at that moment what you are to say, for it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. Amen, I say to you, you will not finish the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, sheep among wolves. Boy, we've seen a lot of that lately, haven't we? St. Chrysostom said the to show his excellent might therein that the sheep would overcome the wolves, though they were in the midst of them, and though they received many bites from them, yet were they not destroyed, but rather converted them. And it is much greater and more wonderful power that can change the heart's 
then, then that can kill them. Among wolves, he teaches them to show the meekness of sheep. I like the part of uh, St. Chrysostom here speaking about the power of the sheep to convert even the wolves. Oof, I love that image. That is an amazing thing. St. Gregor the Great would say, For he who undertakes the office of preacher ought not to do evil. He goes on to say, Too many, when they are entrusted with the reins of government, burn to make the subjects feel them, display the terrors of authority, and forgetting that they are fathers, rather despise, rather, rather desire to be thought of as lords, changing a station of lowliness into that of lofty dominion. If they ever seem outwardly to fawn on anyone, they inwardly hate them. Boy. Powerful stuff from the early church fathers today. Uh, the innocent as doves. Did you catch the reference there to the, the Garden of Eden, to Adam and Eve and that serpent, that cunning serpent? There's that reference here. Even St. Hilary picked up on it. He said, he first attempted the softer sex, allured her, Eve, by hope and promised a share of immortality. He goes on to say, do you? In like manner, seize every opportunity, look well into each man's nature and inclination, use wisdom of speech, reveal hope of good things to come, that what he promised falsely, meaning the devil, what he promised falsely, we may preach truly according to God's promise, that they that believe shall be like to the angels. You know, the one thing, though, that you really ought to focus on today is this part towards the end that he who endures to the end will be saved. It says, you will be hated by all because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. Do you catch that? Whoever endures to the end will be saved. What does that imply about those that don't endure to the end? It is important for us to meditate and chew upon our own personal commitment. You know, I, I looked at the early church fathers today, especially about the whole fleeing from one town to the next. And the early church fathers saw this as Jesus helping the weak among us by giving them permission to run from persecution. Lest in the moment that they have to decide to give their life, even to the very end, they may fail to do so. Better to run than to become the guy who doesn't endure to the end. It's so fascinating to read the early church fathers. You ought to try it sometime. And I want to thank verboom.com forward slash GRN for giving us the ability, the tools to get to it super fast and easy. Thank you, verboom.com forward slash GRN. Coming up after this very quick break, Joe Gamaldi's on the rise in defund police, the rise in crime. That's coming up next. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. I need a mercy. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Bishop Athanasius Schneider is going to be our guest. He's returning to the program. We're going to be talking about the rumors that surround the traditional Latin Mass uh, coming out of the Vatican. Are these rumors true? Are they not? What does he know? What doesn't he know? Will the TLM be suppressed? Will uh, the priest who say those Masses be forced to say the the ordinary form of the Mass? We're going to have that uh, conversation in in addition to talking about the canonical status of the SSPX. All that coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Joe Gamaldi. He is the National Vice President of the uh, the Fraternal Order of Police. And we want to have a conversation around the rise in crime around the country and the defund a police movement. Good morning to you, Mr. Gamaldi. Good morning, Joe. Let, let me first say what a good, strong name you have there. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears, Joe. Praise be to God. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, just was it yesterday or day before we saw that the, the governor in New York issued a disaster emergency for gun violence? I mean, the videos of gun violence coming out of New York right now are so disturbing. Uh, now, they've been coming out of Chicago for a very long time, but they have, you know, horrible rise in crime. We're seeing a rise in crime around the country. As a police officer, how do you see this? Uh, I know that you have strong opinions on this, and I want you to share those, but um, are we just seeing sort of exaggerated headlines here, or is there, in fact, a rise in crime? No, I mean, there is absolutely a rise in crime. And this rise in violent crime actually started about 20 months ago towards the end of 2019. We started seeing an uptick in violent crime. And and we at the FOP actually sounded the alarm then, saying that we saw a real problem with rogue prosecutors and activist judges essentially going light on hardened criminals. And I'm not talking about the individual that goes to the store and and shoplifts a candy bar or steals loaves of bread for their family. I'm talking about the individuals who are pulling the trigger, who are shooting people, and they're getting probation for shooting multiple people from the DA's office, or they're getting out on multiple felony bonds. In some cases, they have 10, 12 felony bonds, and when they shoot someone else, they're getting bond again, and they're getting right back out. And we started seeing just huge upticks in our murder rate. And let me just give your your listeners some stats. Since the end of 2019, we've seen the murder rate in Chicago go up by 34%. In Minneapolis, 236%. In Portland, 137%. New York, 48%. Philly, 66%. And the list goes on and on. And I think it's very easy when people hear these statistics to say, well, uh, wow, that does seem like a big increase. But, But remember, for every one of those statistics I just cited, that's a father. That's a son. It's a mother, that's a daughter who's been murdered in our streets. This is a very real problem, and it's a very real crisis facing this country, and in my opinion, the greatest crisis facing it, and we need to get a handle on it. 
Now, I know our country is very divided politically, uh, probably the most divided it's ever been uh, in its history. And having said that, though, we are seeing people in on the Democrat side who are pushing back. I mean, Chicago Alderman Raymond Lopez is criticizing uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot for her policies. Uh, we saw uh, uh, Claiborne speaking out against the defund police movement, saying even among black communities, uh, this is a non-starter. Why would, if that's the case, if that's true, even among minority communities in our country, which seem to be the most affected by this violence, by the way. Why is it that the Democrats seem to embrace this defund police movement? Well, I, I will tell you this. You're absolutely right. The most impacted by these violent crime trends are black and our brown communities, because statistically they are the victims of those crimes. And in fact, the recent Gallup poll said that 81 percent of black Americans, they don't want less police officers in the neighborhood. They actually want more police officers. And I think what you saw happen was you had radical elements of the Democratic Party and just the loudest activists showing up at city council meetings and screaming at city council members. And I believe that in a in a in a sense, to cater to that radical section of the party, they started to embrace this defund the police movement, even though it is counterintuitive to everything we talk about when we talk about reducing violent crime. And they, they ran with those radicals and they stopped listening to the real people in their communities, the one that want to send their kids to school safely. They want to have businesses in their communities. And they completely forgot that. But I don't want people to think that all hope is lost. Police officers delivered historic crime reductions in the last 20 years prior to this spike, and it led to an urban renaissance. And the fact of the matter is we can do it again. If we restore the rule of law, if we don't just let people do whatever they want, if we hold violent criminals accountable for their actions and prosecute them to the fullest extent and we embrace broken windows theories, we can deliver again for the American people. But we do need the funding and we do need the support from our elected officials and our community members. Uh, you know, I, I hate to harp on Chicago, but. Okay, honestly, they're just an easy example to use. I mean, the, 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 the violence there is so crazy. It has been for so long. But there was an article out, uh, I guess, on Epic Times this morning that says more Chicago police officers working outside jobs on leave of absence, which makes me think of what is the statistic on officers walking away from the badge because they don't want to go into work and find themselves on national television as a result to a situation that erupts in front of them that day? How many officers are leaving the job? <laughs> they're, they're leaving in droves. I mean, I've been a police officer for 16 years. I've never seen morale as bad as it is right now. And, and just to give you a couple a quick little statistics, in Seattle, they're seeing hundreds of people resign and retire early. In Louisville, they're seeing the exact same thing. Retirements in New York are up by 75%. And that, that's just the retirement side. Wow. On the recruitment side, it's even worse. The New Jersey State Troopers saw a 90% reduction in police applications. And a recent study that was just done in Colorado, they surveyed all the agencies there and over 70% said that their recruitment has completely tanked. Wow. We are in the midst of the worst crisis our profession has seen. And frankly, I don't really know a better way to put it than the law enforcement profession in this country is dying. And if we don't make swift changes and we don't change the perception of people trying to make us out to be murderers and the bad guys, and really all we're trying to do is protect communities that we love. And in, oftentimes in some of these communities, we're the only group of people that actually care about the results there. And, and we need to turn things around. 
Is it possible to turn things? I mean, uh, what, didn't New York suspend their undercover or like their non-uniformed uh, units that were hanging out on street corners, sort of dealing with some of the lower end crimes? Aren't they gone now? Isn't that part of the reason why we see a rise in these insane videos of people shooting each other at point blank range in New York City? Absolutely. Uh, they did away with their anti-crime unit, which was a plainclothes unit whose specific job was to target people that they believed were carrying firearms. And you're seeing more of this in other cities. They, they've attempted to stop proactive policing. They've attempted to stop broken windows theory. And as a result, you've seen crime skyrocket. I mean, this isn't rocket science. If you stop locking up the bad guys, they're going to continue to do those crimes. And also, if you stop prosecuting people for minor offenses, offenses like let's take San Francisco, for example, they stopped prosecuting theft under $750. So you see these viral videos of people loading up trash bags and merchandise and riding their bike out the front door. Well, the private sector got it and Walgreens shut down 17 stores in San Francisco in a response. I mean, it, this is simple logic that people have somehow forgot. If you do not hold people accountable for their actions, they will take advantage. Will the ordinary law-abiding citizens, will they be forced to take justice in their hands more and more? I mean, what are we I, – I, I don't want to get to the dystopian level, but if I, when you read these stories, you feel like that's where we're headed. Is that where we're headed? Well, you know, I, I tell people to always be prepared to, to defend themselves and defend their family. But what I would tell people is – Involve yourself in what is going on in your community. If you see your city council member, your state representative, state senator, or whoever is embracing, you know, defunding the police or is not standing on a law and order platform, take them to task. Now, I understand we are all busy. We all have families. We have jobs. We have things that are important to us. But if you don't show up at that city council or at least very send them an email explaining that you don't want this to happen because they're going to respond to what they hear from the community. And too often, the loudest voices are the most radical. So to your listeners, make sure your voices are heard or we are going to lose our communities. Uh, Joe Gamaldi is our guest, and we have a few more minutes with him. He is the uh, National Vice President of the Fraternal Order of Police. So uh, let's talk about some Bright spots. Are what what city, what police department would you reference in the United States that is uh, a bright spot in all of this? That they're in the midst of all of this, they're actually you know doing very well with the community. Their officers aren't <laughs> leaving in droves. Are there bright spots to to, to highlight? You know, I, I think there's individual bright spots at different departments across this country, you know, and I think there's some cities, you know, right. If you talk about Houston, although there is a uh, you know, a DA there that was not prosecuting crimes, the city council there decided to increase funding Praise and provide more funding to hire more police officers to put out on the streets. I think you see that as a success story. You see some of the inroads that the Omaha Police Department is making with their community as they're really building a strong bond. So I, I think these are models that other cities can take a look at and say, well, listen, they've been successful. They've been able to increase the funding in their police departments. They've been able to bridge the gap with their communities. Why don't we take a look at what's going on there and see if we can't do the same? So I think there's success stories all over this country. It's just those aren't necessarily the ones that often get the front page headlines. No, unfortunately not, which is why I asked. We only read the negative stuff, apparently. Uh, so what would you? What would be your advice? How would you recommend communities, especially communities that fe felt like they have been um, unequally treated or improperly treated by police? 
police, whether they're commu- uh, minority communities or not. Well, what would you recommend to them uh, in order to foster a better relationship with the local police department in order to keep crime down but keep good relations up? You know, I think if I was talking to citizens in those communities, you know, come out and meet us. There's all sorts of opportunities. They have citizen police academies. They have coffee with a cop. Every community may do something differently. But I think when we really sit down and we actually see one another and have a conversation where I can understand where you're coming from, you can understand where I'm coming from, and both of us show a little empathy, I think we can realize that we're all just people here. Most of us want to do good. They want to see our community safe. They want to see our children thrive. And we have all of of these things in common. It's just a matter of cutting through all the noise. And and believe me, the the media is very good at creating a lot of noise. And there's certain politicians that have made a career out of profiting off the division that we're seeing right now in our country. But if we could just sit down and we could just see each other and understand one another, I think that really goes a long way when you just kind of strip away the uniform and all the other things and just see each other as human beings. Amen to that. You know, a great friend of our program is Officer Jesus Robles from the Houston PD. Uh, good man. Good personal friend. He said to say hello. He, he, he really appreciates your support for the Shields of Christ movement, which is my last question. Uh, we're almost out of time here with uh, Joe Camaldi, National Vice President of the Fraternal Order of Police. Oh, let's talk about officers, uh, you know, men and women who are Christian, they, are, they have faith. Uh, how difficult is it for, for those officers to, to work in this current environment, the negativity of police in particular and the public mindset, but also men and women of faith? It seems like all across our country, I spoke to General Boykin yesterday about the military, and uh, it's the same there. What is it like for Christians in uniform? Well, I think it's difficult for any one of us, but I think those of us who have faith, I think it makes our job, I I think we can just handle it just a bit better. Um, When when you have a greater understanding, when you know that you have a purpose, and when you know that you have, you know, someone looking out for you at all times, uh, I think that brings you a little bit of, a little bit of clarity, and you're just able to really understand Mm. people better and and show that empathy that I talked about earlier. All right. faith is so important to everyone. We're out of time. Joe Gamaldi, thank you for your time today. God love you and God bless you. We appreciate it. This is Dale Offwist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that the church needs to keep up with the times? G.K. Chesterton says that all this talk about keeping up with the times has been uttered hundreds of times before. To be up to date, he says, is a paltry ambition, except in an almanac. The church certainly does not need to imitate the secular world. In fact, what does the word secular mean? It does not mean worldly. It does not even mean irreligious. To be secular simply means to be of the age. That is, of the age which is passing. And in the case of anyone trying to keep up with the times, the age that is already past. So what the word secular really means is dated. The church's truth is never out of date because it is eternal. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. 
That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Lots of headlines today. Death toll rises to 60 in Florida condo collapse. Afghan pilots assassinated by Taliban as U.S. withdraws. Lithuania begins building barrier on border with Belarus to block migrants. Fire at Bangladesh juice factory kills 52. Many feared trapped. Thailand imposes stricter measures to slow virus spread. Border Patrol agents continue apprehending previously convicted criminals in the U.S. Pfizer to seek approval for booster shot to combat variants, but FDA and CDC issue rare statement pushing back. Obama's ethics chief eviscerates White House for reportedly devising art scheme to sell Hunter Biden's paintings to secret buyers for as much as 500k. Biden announces U.S. war in Afghanistan will end ahead of schedule by August 31st. Sex ed teacher who taught six-year-olds that it feels good to touch themselves says she resigned from her position because her bosses didn't support her. Amid ongoing border crisis, CBP reports Border Patrol's recent apprehension of MS-13 gang members and others. Uncle of teenager who filmed the death of George Floyd is killed during police chase of unrelated robbery suspect. 12-year-old forced to shoot and kill armed home invader who is threatening his mother. Pro-life groups call for criminal investigation after discovery of an illegally dumped, dismembered second trimester aborted baby. New Wuhan-linked emails show nine grants from Fauci's NIAID to EcoHealth for bat coronavirus research. Archbishop Vigano rebukes pro-LGBT cardinals Supich, Gregory, and Tobin, saying they're unworthy to celebrate Mass. Canadian lawyer calls for churches to burn. She says she will defend anyone charged with arson. Bans on Native American mascots pick up after Washington football team name change. Suspect arrested in death a pro golfer and two others. California governor asks residents to cut water use. U.S. citizens among suspects arrested in Haitian president's assassination. Actor calls out China. Ashton Kutcher says TikTok is being used to influence Americans. And the Pope appoints Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich to oversee 2023 Synod. Reported by LifeSite News, Bishop suspends Father Altman's facilities. Faculties removes him as pastor. Bishop William Patrick Callahan of the Diocese of the Cross sent Father James Altman a note via FedEx today informing him he has been removed as a pastor of St. James the Less Parish and that his priestly faculties are suspended. Altman, whose viral You Can't Be a Catholic and Democrat video catapulted him to fame, clashed with his bishop in recent months. Callahan had asked him to resign and Altman told LifeSite at the end of June that his ousting was imminent. The removal of a priest's faculties mean that the priest may not offer public mass in his home diocese and in another diocese. A priest with suspended faculties is also not permitted to hear confessions or baptize people unless they are in danger of death. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Friday. Praise be to God in all things. Joining us now via Zoom chat once again is Bishop Athanasius Schneider, the Auxiliary Bishop of Kazakhstan. Good morning to your Excellency. Thank you for your time again. 
We wanted to have a conversation regards uh, the traditional Latin Mass, but uh, and the SSPX in particular. But I want to start with the rumors that we hear uh, about the potential of the revising of the Samoan Pontificum. Uh, there's a lot of rumors swelling around. There's some uh, credible people on the internet who have uh, sources that they're citing that say it's possible that the Vatican might revise the uh, Samoan Pontificum. It might even require priests who say the, the traditional Latin Mass and the FSSP to concelebrate in the Novus Ordo. What have you heard about these rumors, and what are your thoughts in regards to them? I also heard these rumors, but uh, there, there are no documents. Therefore, uh, what we say remains hypothesis. But um, if it would be so, I think it would be a, a great damage for the life of the church because the traditional liturgy is a treasure and of the entire church, not only of the present day, but also it is a treasure of the church of the past centuries and millennium. It is a treasure of the saints. Almost, almost all the saints whom we know grew up in this form of the Holy Liturgy. And therefore, I think that uh, such an act, if it would be to limit the use of the traditional liturgy, would be an abuse of power, clearly. And I think that uh, in such a a possible hypothetical situation, if it will really happen, then the priests, I think, can continue to celebrate this Mass because it is the Mass of the entire Church. And also the faithful have the right to what is holy and the Church always acknowledged. Maybe in a, in a not official manner or in a kind of catacombs mass, but I think that the, the faithful and especially the young people will not allow to be deprived of this great treasure of faith, of spirituality, which nourish, nourished their Christian life in this liturgy. Your Excellency, uh, can the uh, can Rome, can the Roman Pontiff, can they force traditional priests to say the new mass? Um, it, they can do by uh, by the right, but I think it would be a violation of the of the how do you say the spirituality in which the priests grew up. The priests of the traditional communities who were ordained uh, in this liturgy and were trained and grew up and celebrated until now only this form of the liturgy, I think it would be to, to force them to celebrate the new Mass would be a violation, a kind of spiritual of their rights which the church gave them when they were ordained priests in this traditional mass or liturgy. It, 
it could as the same that the church cannot um, force someone from another right, for example, to celebrate another right. Uh, and these two forms of the of the mass, the novus order and the traditional one, are really, when we are honest, they are two different rights, not only forms, because this is it's a difference, a very great difference. And so I think that they should not be forced to do this. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is our guest, the Auxiliary Bishop of Kazakhstan. Your Excellency, just to follow up on that question, let's say the worst case scenario happens and Samoan Pontificum is revised and the Vatican asks these priests, FSSP priests, for instance, uh, to concelebrate in the ordinary form of the Mass or the Novus Ordo. And I imagine under that circumstance, there'll be many priests in the FSSP who will refuse to do so. What will happen to those priests under those circumstances? Well, we do not know which, which consequences the, the Vatican or the bishops will, uh, will undertake for a refusal of concelebration. But the concelebration was never a requirement in the entire history of the Church as, uh, as a sign of unity with the local bishop or the Pope. And therefore, let us say, when the uh, Oriental Churches in the past centuries united themselves with Rome and the, the priests of the Oriental Rites, they were not asked to concelebrate. And even the, the, the praxis of concelebration was uh, very limited in the past more than 1,500 years in the church. Even concelebration was forbidden by the, by the old canon law. And only in two cases, uh, the, or for the priests, only one case, it was in their priestly ordination. It was a part of the rite to concelebrate with the bishop, but no more. And therefore, uh, such um, an obligation uh, will contradict the entire history of the church and, uh, and the law of the liturgy. And therefore, I think it would be also an abuse of power to force a priest to concelebrate. Would we have about a minute before we go to break here, just about 60 seconds, real quick? Would those priests have any recourse? Would they uh, have to get uh, canon lawyers involved and, uh, and make appeals to, to the Vatican uh, to uh, try to get out of uh, whatever penalties might be enforced? Well, in, in this case, when the Vatican itself will, will issue such a norm, there cannot be an appeal against the Vatican. Okay. This is the problem. Hold that thought. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is our guest, Auxiliary Bishop in Kazakhstan. We're going to go to a very quick break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Bishop uh, about the SSPX, the Society of St. Pius X, their chapels, uh, their canonical status, and how they might be affected in this as well. All that coming up after the short break. Don't go anywhere. There is one thing in our lives over which we have complete control. 
forgiveness. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Jesus gave us the power to forgive when he poured out the Holy Spirit on us on the day of his resurrection. But we must decide to forgive, acknowledging the wrong done, and seek to set it right. Life according to the rule of St. Benedict can remind us that forgiveness does not mean being friends with the one I forgive. To forgive demands simply that I unbind that person from any claims of vengeance and that I ask God to do the same. In that way, two people are set free, the one who forgives and the one who is forgiven. For your free copy of the Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. We have all been hurt or wronged by someone. Are we ready to make the decision to forgive that person, or at least to ask God to make us ready one day? Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Our guest is Bishop Athanasius Schneider. He is the Auxiliary Bishop of Kazakhstan. Praise be to God. We're having a conversation around the, in the first uh, half of this conversation was about the rumors surrounding the potential revision of Samorum Pontificum and the effects, the potential penalties and, and, and whatnot. But I would like to ask you, Bishop, about the SSPX. Now, I bet most people would not know that you were sent as an observer to the SSPX by the Vatican, which uh, I think gives you incredible insight into uh, this. There, there's a lot of myths and misconceptions about what the average layperson thinks and knows about the SSPX, Society of St. Uh, Pius X. I myself have, have suffered through some of those, not understanding. I am not, I do not go to SSPX chapels. However, I think I had false information for the longest time. So maybe we can start with, tell us, what is the exact canonical status of the SSPX today? Well, the Society of Pius X was founded by Archbishop Lefebvre, a very, I think, a holy man, a man of God, who had a lot of merits, uh, in in a very difficult time of the church, even during the council and after the council. And he founded the Society of Pisotens almost 50 years ago in Switzerland, and it got the approbation of the bishop there, and um, a document which, um, uh, which praised this from the Vatican in those times. But after, because of the reasons we know, that they wanted to exclusively celebrate the, the traditional Mass. And then the, the critics about some problematic statements of the Vatican Council uh, ultimately brought uh, to a conflict. And then uh, the Vatican, the Holy See, proposed a solution in 88, 1988 to give them a status, canonical status, and a, a promise of a bishop, but uh, the Archbishop Lefebvre 
um, evaluated the situation as as not sure, and uh, the Vatican re rejected all his candidates, which he proposed to the Pope for the for the episcopate, and so it was created really a, um, a mistrust between him, and so it was for him a sign that uh, the Holy See will not approve a future Society of Pius X, which uh, will also propose uh, critiques or um, constructive critiques of some expressions of Vatican II and go this uh, direction. In any case, and then we know it was then the fact of the consecrations of the bishops in 88 and this uh, was as, as a consequence the excommunication of the archbishop and the four uh, ordained bishops. But then it was the Holy See uh, and also the Society of Pious Attends maintained, nevertheless, contacts and to seek a solution uh, for the benefit of the faithful, lastly, and for the and for the for the church, for the benefit of the church. And so, during the pontificate of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, uh, they were made two very important. Uh, steps uh, to normalize the situation. It was in 2007, Pope Benedict issued a motu proprio, Sumorum Pontificum, uh, giving the freedom of to all priests to celebrate this Mass. In, any, in some way, he reestablished the right of the traditional Mass in the Church, which was always one of the main um, demands of Archbishop Lefebvre and the Society of Pius X. Uh, and then the other, 2009, uh, Pope Benedict lifted uh, the excommunication uh, on these four bishops, and so they are not more excommunicated, and therefore not outside the church, because excommunication was lifted. They are, they are only in a um, canonically uh, not yet recognized situation, and therefore uh, some of their acts are not uh, licit, but they are valid, uh, such as the celebration of the Holy Mass. And then came an, another, uh, two other uh, important steps under the pontificate of the current Pope Francis, that Pope Francis granted to all the priests of the Society of Pius X the faculties of confession, which extends all over the world. So it was a very generous act. And so it's difficult to say that uh, these priests are outside the church or schismatics when they got, when they possess the faculties, ordinary faculties of confession given by the Pope himself. And so, and then the Pope, um, authorized uh, the bishops uh, or the parish priests to grant the priests of the Society of Pius X the faculties to assist canonically to matrimonies, to marriages. And there are uh, several bishops in the church who by, the, by a decree gave to the priests of the Society of Pius X the general faculty to assist matrimonies in, in their diocese. And even there are some bishops who wrote in this context 
that faithful who will assist to these celebrations of the marriage by a priest of the Society of Pius X can licitly assist in the Holy Mass, which will be celebrated. So we see there is a situation which is uh, always closer to a canonical normalization. And, um, and this is good. We have to be uh, happy that uh, the situation can be resolved and the Society of Pius X can be present and operate inside the church for the benefit of the church, for the for a true renewal of the church, for keeping of the tradition of the faith and the liturgy and the spiritual life. Because uh, basically, actually, the Society of Paris, the Tens, uh, does not other thing as the church believed, as the church worshipped, as, as the church lived until the council all the centuries. And so we have to be uh, hope, we have to hope that uh, they, got, they will get the full canonical recognition. I hope soonly it would be good. And then the Society of Pius X will be a normal reality as other realities inside the church. And this is necessary for our time in this in this crisis, in this time of darkness and confusion, we do need new communities, a new presence of, of a community and priests and lay people who simply keep the face of all ages and the mass of all ages. And this uh, will do so the Society of Pius X with their priests and faithful. Uh, Your Excellency, we have about three minutes left in our conversation, and I was wondering, uh, what about the laity? Uh, you have your average layperson who, you know, they can't figure out, parse through all these canonical status and the confusion with all these different things. Can they take refuge at a society parish or a society chapel, rather? Uh, would that be licit? Would that be uh, allowed? I think when there is no other possibilities, of course, because... Uh, they can confess licitly to go to the confession with the approval of the Pope. And uh, and then the same priest who gave them the absolution, it would be strange that, that they cannot assist at, at his Mass, Holy Mass. And so the, the sacraments, the Holy Mass, are given for the salvation of souls, for the benefit of the souls. And I think that when there is a difficult for for normal Catholics to to reach a traditional mass, and there is a possibility closer uh, of the Society of Pius X, or to go, they can go, go there, or to get a good catechism for the children or for young people. Therefore, I think that since they are not outside the church, which these acts, which I enumerated already, um, but have some not resolved canonical problems, it, it seems to me that it, it is licit that, that lay people can go when there is a reason. We have about a minute and a half left in our conversation with Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Uh, okay, so 
Going back to the rumors surrounding the revision of Samorum Pontificum, if that were to happen, and God forbid, but if that were to happen, how would that affect the SSPX? Would those priests also be asked to uh, concelebrate the Novus Ordo? Would they do that? Any thoughts there? I think not, and even if, if they will be asked, they will not do this, because they are yet not yet under a complete... Um, submission to the Holy See, therefore they will not be uh, forced, I think. And in this case, I think if the other priests of, of, of the Society of, of the Fraternity of St. Peter or other will be forced to concelebrate the new Mass, I think that there will be priests who will join the Society of Pius X, mm. because they have, in this case, some more independence to, to keep the tradition of the church. But I hope that it will not happen. Let us pray first that the Holy Spirit will illuminate the Pope not to, to limit uh, the, the motu proprio of Pope Benedict XVI and also that the Society of Pius X can receive a fuller Amen. recognition Amen. for the church. Well, Bishop, we are very grateful for your time. Thank you for, for being on with us and explaining this. Would you give us a blessing, please? Amen. Praise be to God. God bless you, Bishop. Have a great day. And uh, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the next hour, we're giving out prizes. It's Friday. It's going to be a good time. Hopefully you'll be able to be a part of that. You can hang out with us right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If not, we'll see you back here Monday morning. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. I have a friend who says that baptism is a symbolic act and that it has nothing to do with salvation. How can I answer him? Simple. Show him what the Bible says. Nowhere does the Bible say that baptism is merely a symbolic act. That passage simply does not exist. But the Bible does say this about baptism. In Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27, it says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will put my spirit within you. Here in the Old Testament, we have a foreshadowing of New Testament baptism. In the New Testament, Acts 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. No symbolic language here. The book of Acts says, Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Ezekiel says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from your uncleannesses. The book of Acts says, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel says, And I will put my spirit within you. Do you begin to see how God in the Old Covenant was preparing us for what He gives us in the New Covenant? Acts 22, 16, And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. What body was that? 
the body of Christ. 1 Peter 3.21, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Scripture simply does not support the non-Catholic notion that baptism is symbolic. Scripture does, however, very clearly and directly support the Catholic teaching that baptism saves us, that baptism makes us members of the body of Christ, that baptism washes away sin, and that through baptism we receive the Holy Spirit just as the church teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Friday. You have survived the week. Praise be to Jesus. You are about to go to your weekend, and hopefully it'll be restful, relaxing. Hopefully it'll be very good. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Bishop Athanasius Schneider about the rumors surrounding the revision of the Samorum Pontificum, as well as the SSPX, you know, a lot of myths and misconceptions. And he was sent to observe the SSPX by the Vatican, so he has some great insight into that. Wonderful conversation. We will be posting that to our our YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, all of that. But the podcast is also available, which you can find everywhere, um, Apple and Google and Spotify. But just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt grnonline.com forward slash cdt you can listen to the podcast there as well uh this is the hour today is the day where we give out the prize praise be to jesus so that's coming up at 15 past the hour if you'd like to win the prize from baratus uh you can just be our first caller and you might get into the coffee cup of divine providence just like all the other callers this week who are already in the cup will be drawing a name out and announcing it live on the air uh in this first half of the hour in the second half of this hour we will do an after show where we will wrap up our conversation and and chat with you the listener and all you have to do is be on our social media feeds or you could just go to our website and hang out there if you'd like that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt good morning to you janelle good morning joe did uh, the bishop clear anything up for you Yes, yes. Um, I would definitely love to hear more from him, if possible. But yes, he did clear a lot of confusions I had, or I guess some um, things I wasn't very too set, dead set on. So I'm very sure. glad for his guidance. Yeah. Amen. Clarity is good charity. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning, good morning. It's Was, good to be here. Wasn't that fun to conversate with Bishop Athanasius about? Yes, absolutely. I, Bishop Athanasius Snyder has got to be one of my favorite 
bishops today. He has a, one of my favorite books. He wrote a small little book called Dominus Est. It is the Lord, and it's on uh, receiving communion on the hand. I highly recommend it. It's a great, great book. Didn't we give out? Did we give out a resource from you on uh, to our CDT insiders on that? No, we haven't, but we could. We I could. did a massive. Like four hour long podcast on uh, <laughs> on communion on the hand versus communion on the tongue. Maybe we break that up into chunks and, <laughs> and give it to them in bits and pieces. Four hours is quite a hefty piece. I might be exaggerating a little bit. Okay, good. Praise God. Well, speaking of which, we did give the CDT insiders last night first access to our Michael Knowles conversation, which was pretty good. Uh, I already received some great feedback. Colin, thank you for sending me that email. Uh, so we'll be playing a portion of that interview on the radio show what, next week. Adrian? I'm um, sorry. Yes, we will be playing that, I believe, uh, next Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so next Thursday, Michael Knowles. We also interviewed uh, General Boynton, or Boynton, rather. He is uh, one of the founding members of Delta Force. He had a lot to say about our national security situation. Also, living as a, a person of faith in uniform in, the, in these times, it was a wonderful interview. We'll be posting that uh, to the CDT Insiders probably next week. We'll also be playing a portion of that on the, on the program as well in the coming days. So, a lot of great content is coming up in Catholic Drive Time, but as as I said, today we're going to give out the prize from Baratus coming up here in a little bit, plus breaking news and stories, all good news, uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then a What's Concerning, uh, or rather a, an after show later uh, in the program. So let's pray for your intentions and get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now the headlines with Janelle Lay. British and Welsh bishops welcome withdrawal of abortion amendment. Young Catholic Professionals Organization to launch five new chapters. Former Protestant takes final vows as cloistered nun in Spain. Fun fact, she's a Dominican. Pope recovering normally, saying the Sunday Angelus from hospital. Following his July 4th surgery at Rome's Gamelli Hospital, Pope Francis on Thursday resumed work and celebrated Mass with those who assisted him. Reported by Crooks, children in Roman hospitals send greetings to Pope Francis as he recovers. From LifeSite News, Malaysian Methodists' refusal to endorse same-sex marriage puts them at odds with the UK Church. The Methodist Church in Malaysia has broken ranks with its British counterpart by refusing to endorse same-sex marriages. In a decision that was deemed momentous, the Methodist Conference in the United Kingdom decided last week to change the definition of marriage to include same-sex unions, as well with a vote of 254 to 46 in favor among the 300 delegates. The decision means that ministers of the Methodist Church, which is Britain's fourth-largest Christian denomination with more than 4,000 churches, can officially perform weddings for same-sex marriages although they can't be forced to do so if they oppose such unions out of religious conviction. However, the Malaysian Methodist Church's Council of Bishops has issued a statement in which it stresses that it is an autonomous entity that is not bound by the UK decision. Quote, Our Lord Jesus affirmed the institution of marriage as it should be between a man and a woman. 
Heterosexual marriage is God's created order from humankind, and it is not something based on any culture of the past, the statement said. It is a divine institution meant for all cultures of all times. Same-sex marriage does not find support in the Bible. The Bible is not the only unsupportive of same-sex intercourse, but is only, but it is also against any sexual relationship that deviates from the one-man-one-woman sexual act within the context of marriage. The statement also emphasizes, however, that the Methodist Church in Malaysia will remain a welcoming place for people of all sexual orientations. We affirm our love for our neighbors, the doors of our hearts and the doors of our churches are open to anyone who will come to be ministered to and be on the way to being a true disciple of Jesus Christ our Lord, it said. At the same time, the Methodist Church in Malaysia cautioned that Christian members of the country's LGBTQ community would not be allowed to perform any official functions within its ranks. We consider the practice of homosexuality to be incompatible with Christian teachings, it said. However, we do recognize that homosexual persons are individuals of sacred worth. The Church is committed to provide counseling, healing, and guidance, as well as the spiritual and emotional support of a caring fellowship. From the Catholic News Agency Pro-Life Group to begin 12th National Bicycle Ride for the Unborn. Cyclists will be riding across the country beginning July 11th to raise awareness for the unborn and to fundraise for pregnancy resource centers. This year, 50 college students and young adults across the country will be riding an average of 100 miles a day for a combined 2,700 miles with the nonprofit Biking for Babies. Now in its 12th year of holding bicycle race rides for the pro-life cause, Biking for Babies aims to raise $225,000 this year for pregnancy resource centers. By hitting its goal, the group will have surpassed its cumulative 1 million donation mark for its history. Biking for Babies was started by board chairman Jimmy Becker and his friend Mike Schaefer in March 20, oh, 2009. The, t the two young men took their bikes to Southern Illinois University with the goal to bicycle 600 miles to fundraise and raise awareness for pregnancy resource centers. They raised over 14000 for a local pregnancy resource center on the first journey. Riders hail from the nation, including groups leaving this year from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Columbus, Ohio, Nashet, Mississippi, and Holly, Colorado. The teams will be the largest in the organization's history and they will all converge together for a celebration of life in St. Louis only five days later on June 17th. <coughs> Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Friday and a good weekend. The saint of the day is St. Veronica Giliani. She was born in 1660 at Mercatello, she was born wealthy and a daughter of Francesco Giliana and Benedetta Benceni. In her youth, Ursula developed a deep spirituality and desired nothing more than to dedicate her life to God. She received visions as a child, and her first words were reported to be, quote, Do justice. God sees you, unquote, said to a crooked merchant. Ursula's father pretended, uh, presented suitors in hopes that she would marry. The girl became ill at the idea of not devoting her life to God and she finally received her father's blessing on her call to religious life. She joined the poor Clares in Citta de Castillo, Umbria, Italy, on the 17th of July, 1677, at the age of 17. She received the veil on the 28th of October and taking the name Veronica. In 1693, she received visions and indicated that the passion would be reenacted in her own soul. In 1694, she received the first sign of the stigmata, 
In her case, the visible wounds of the crown of thorns. On Good Friday in 1697, she received the wounds on her hands, feet, and side. She submitted to medical treatment and many examinations, never trying to prove the stigmata was real, just suffering through the wounds, the exams, and the scorn of her peers. Veronica served as novice mistress for over 30 years, and she refused to let them read any related visions or mysticisms. <laughs> she has insisted that they become practical brides of Christ, and she was chosen as abbess of her house in 1716 and served for more than a decade. Her 10-volume diary of the Passion catalogs her religious experiences. She died on the 9th of July, 1727, in Chita de Castillo, Italy, of natural causes. The figure of the cross was found impressed upon her heart and her body incorrupt. She was canonized on the 26th of May, 1839, by Pope Gregory XVI. St. Veronica Giliani, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 23. Jesus said to his apostles, Behold, I am sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and simple as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about what you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at that moment what you are to say. For, for it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and, f and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But whoever endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to another. Amen. I say to you, you will not finish the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Father will give you what you are to say. Uh, St. Jerome said this, When we are brought before judges for Christ's sake, we ought to offer only our will for Christ. But Christ, who dwelleth in us, speaks for himself, and the grace of the Holy Ghost will minister in our answers. I love that. You know, it's about the action of what's being done there. It's not about us, about, uh, you know, the pressure of saying the right thing or doing the right thing in that moment, other than giving yourself completely over to the will of Christ and then trusting God for the balance. Um, but I want to go back to something I said in the last hour about preserving to the end. Remigius, who was a, a priest in France in the ninth century, said, uh, that is, he who shall not let go of the commands of the faith, nor fall away in persecution, shall be saved. He shall receive the reward of the heavenly kingdom for his earthly persecutions. I can't emphasize that enough. We must persevere to the end. To the end. To the end. Adrian, what did you find? Uh, yes, a couple things. Uh, one is that Cornelius Lapide says, that our Lord makes sure 
that the foretell, he foretells the coming of evil and persecution for four reasons. One, so that way he, the, uh, that the apostles are aware of the foreknowledge of Christ. Two, that they may not suppose that such things happen through lack of power in the master because they said, you know, they want to know that Christ is still in control. That he predicted it, it was going to happen. That it's not because of lack of power on his part. Three, that they may not be suddenly overcome, that they might not despair because all of a sudden they're getting persecuted. They're like, whoa, whoa, what's happening? They don't want that to happen. So our Lord wanted to make sure that they were aware of it. And four, that they may not be troubled at the time of the cross. Christ thus says, as it were, animates his apostles. Come, O ye, my apostles, I am sending you to the Jews and to the infidels who will vex you and persecute you. But think of this, that it is I who send you. It is I who say, who say, who sent Elijah, Elisha, and Isaiah, and the rest of the prophets. And so too, I animate and strengthen and protect you. Uh, and I think that that's the uh, that's a great thing to take, take away from the passage today. Yeah. Amen. Praise be to God. All right, it is time to play the game. Fear and Trembling is coming up next, where we give out prizes. Today is the day where we pull out a name out of the coffee cup of divine providence. Will it be your name? Well, if you want your last three opportunities to get into the cup and possibly win the prizes from Baratus, well, you got to call 877-757-9424, We'll be right back. We'll play the game. We'll give out the prizes. That's coming up next. happy without God? Atheists say yes, we Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share what I'm about to tell you 
with anyone. Keith, it's just between us, but there are a few things we like to secretly do during the game segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions. And number two, did I say that was number two? Number That was number one. Number two, we like to have fun with the contestants. And they're always a great time. They have a laugh right along with us. And, and we like that. We really enjoy that. And then, of course, number three, we give out prizes, kind of making it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're just joining us and you're new to all of this, I have Three Catholic trivia questions in my hand, uh, but the kicker is I do not ask the caller these questions. So the caller does not even need to know the answers to win the game. It's that fun. Instead, I will ask Janelle and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And then, of course, every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. And today is the day where we will pull that name out of the cup and announce it on the air before we leave uh, for the radio side of our show. Uh, speaking of which, what could they win, Janelle? They can win a graphic t-shirt and some stickers from Bear Tooth Catholic. Beartooth Catholic is a wonderful shop that sells stickers, magnets, prayer cards, and prints of religious art with a modern take. But a, it's modern, but it it's a little bit on the traditional side, so it's, it it encapsulates um, wonderful aspects of our faith. It, it's wow. really good art. Highly recommend it. Go check them out on Etsy, on social media. Um, Beartooth Catholic. That's B A R I T U S. Beartooth Catholic. Thank you for your generous sponsoring of our game show this week, and we're excited to uh, pull a winner out of the cup today and give that away. So let's go to the phone. So there were several calls that came in. Praise be to God. Thank you for those that tried to call in and be a part of our show. Call back on Monday. We have a new prize, new opportunities on Monday, and the game uh, rules and the phone number is all listed on our website so you can uh, make it easier to be a part of our show. But let's go to the phones. Rhonda, good morning to you. Hey, good, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, uh, Janelle. Praise be to God. Good morning. It's, uh, Praise be to God. It's been a while. It's good to hear your voice again. Uh, thank you. Oh, You're thanks. calling from Houston, correct? Y- yes, sir. Yes, sir. St. Francis Cabrini. How wonderful. Catholic Church. Praise be yes. to God. Have you been enjoying the torrential downpours of the last month, it seems? Oh, oh goodness. Have I? <laughs> 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 just, I've just arrived at work, and uh, it's. I have to tell you, it's pouring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was told by a friend uh, that um, it was supposed to be, we're supposed to have a drought this summer. And I'm like, it hasn't stopped raining. <laughs> like, how, this is the worst drought ever. <laughs> yes, right. or the best, um, um, however you look at it. I really have never understood the whole thing about global warming, but I'm kind of wondering if maybe I'm getting a taste of, uh, physically, <laughs> <laughs> global wedding is what we're getting yeah. down here. All right. Well, Art, you know the rules. You know how this works. And, yes. and okay, pop quiz: Who's more tricky, Adrian or Janelle? Well, let's see. I know this. I know from what I listen to this program every morning, and mm-hmm. I know y'all have been saying mm-hmm. that uh, double major Adrian is the the trickiest. Um, yeah. However, I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say, you know, I, I love, I love them both. I don't know that I can. <laughs> you gotta really commit, Rhonda. Don't <laughs> sit on the fence. I can't choose. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate wow. it. 
The Lord wants us to love everyone. Uh, did your check did. clear, Taronda, Adrian? I'm wondering. Hmm. All right. Let's play the game. Let's play the game. Rhonda's down for a, a no vote there. Okay. All right. So let's go to uh, Janelle, as is our custom. Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Janelle, can you tell me, is original sin the only kind of sin? Mm, I'm going to say no. It is not the only kind of sin. Really? Yes. What other kind might there be? Um, We also have actual sin, which we ourselves commit. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, some people do anyway. Well, yeah. Yes, <laughs> like some major. people. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see what Adrian has to say, or as Rhonda says, double major, Adrian. Uh, can you tell me, Adrian, uh, is original sin the only kind of sin? I uh, know there is also mortal sin. Oh, also mortal sin. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's see. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for no, there's mortal sin. And Janelle is on the hook for no, there's the actual sin we ourselves commit. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rhonda, what say you? Oh, goodness. They're really doing a number on me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Oh, oh, goodness. Uh, I'm going to take my chances. uh, Double major Adrian. (laughs) I'm so sorry. No. This is why I asked before we played. I'm so sorry, but (laughs) I knew he was being tricky because he's not wrong. Technically speaking, he's not wrong, but he's also not right. The correct answer is the actual sin that we ourselves commit, which could be mortal and venial. Right? It's kind of like a half, half mortal, mortal and venial are subcategories of actual sin. So his levels of trickiness are epic. Could you put a person's name in the cu- in the cup for a for a, a C all of the above? Like a half, <laughs> like a half name. Like put half of Rhonda's name in the cup. All right, that, that was super tricky to be honest. Okay, let's see if we can get you a better uh, result here with question number two. Adrian, can you tell me? Maybe. What are the two types of indulgences? That would be plenary and partial. Plenary and partial. Mm, yep. okay. Senor. Okay. Uh, Janelle. Yes. Can you tell me what are the two types of indulgences? So you can have a renewable indulgence and a non-renewable indulgence. I'm sorry. What was that? You can I have. Didn't catch that. You can have a renewable indulgence uh-huh, or uh-huh. a non-renewable indulgence. Like, like an annual base, or like, <laughs> no? It's um. So, so like, there's some front? indulgences that you can get like again and again and again, uh-huh, and then uh-huh. there's some oh, that okay. you just only, can only get once. Oh, I see. Um, that's that's my thinking. Yes, that's my okay. knowledge. Okay. So Janelle is on the hook for renewable and non-renewable as two types of indulgences, whereas Adrian Fonseca is on for plenary and partial. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rhonda, what say you? Um. Let's see. I say because I've only heard of one of the, the indulgences, I'll go with double major Adrian. Survey says. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Making up for his super trickiness. I was trying wow. to hold in my laugh. Renewable? <laughs> like like re- renewable? Like, like renewable energy. Wow. Or non-renewable like renewable Martin renewable Luther energy. would have loved that answer. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Could you imagine? All right. 
Very good. I, took, Do I have my and indulgences biweekly. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm on a monthly payment plan for my adult. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to, we're running out of time, so let's go to question number three. You're in the cup, praise be to God. You have made it into the coffee cup <laughs> of divine providence. I am trying for that t-shirt. <laughs> uh, let's go here back to Janelle. Janelle, can you tell yes. me? What is the name commonly given to the hood of a religious habit? Hmm. The hood of a religious habit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm i going to say that it's called a cowl. A cowl? Yes, a cowl. Hmm. Okay. Okay. A cowl. A cowl. Yes. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what is the name commonly given to the hood of a religious habit? Hmm. I'm going to go with a Beretta. A Beretta. A Beretta. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Adrian's on the hook for Beretta, and Janelle's on the hook for Cowl. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rhonda, what say you? Oh, wow. I wish I had a nun sitting next to me ah. right now. Um, I'll go with uh, Janelle. Survey says... Oh, of course. Oh, it's like, I thought you were going to say a, a uh, like a, a religious hoodie or something like that. I mean, a religious hoodie. You know, like a, a, a Rudy. I, I, I thought you were going to make something up. But uh, Beretta is actually a, a real thing. Yes, a Beretta is the hat that secular priests wear or uh, priests that don't wear habits. All right. Well, praise be to God. Rhonda, you're in for two at oh, least. Goodness. I mean, two and a half technically because, you know, super tricky Adrian over there. <laughs> But we are mixing up the coffee cup of divine providence. It may or may not be God's will that you win, Rhonda, but we're going to keep yeah. you on just in case. Do you have a name, Janelle? Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm going to turn Sorry. your mic on. I do. We have a winner. It's oh. Danny from Sunnyvale, Danny Texas. Danny from Sunnyvale. Oh, wow. <laughs> Praise be to God. Rhonda, I'm sorry. You, you, you know, no, all of that fun, Danny. and you, you didn't win. I'm so sorry, Rhonda. No, no, no. Good for, good for him. Praise God be to God. Him. Well, you were yeah, a lot of fun, yeah. Rhonda, all the same. Uh, I guess next time you're going to have to think twice about your loyalty to Adrian, though. Uh, uh, I was go- well, I'm not, that's not saying I'm not loyal to anybody. Still not committing. I do my best of all go- to love all gubs, too. Amen to that. <laughs> Praise be to God. You're a lot of fun. Thank you, Rhonda. Have a great weekend to you. God bless you. Oh, you too. You too. Y'all too. All Good right. Night. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the radio side of our program. That was a lot of fun. Congratulations, Danny. And thank you, Baratus, for your generous gift of, uh, of giving the prize away this week and sponsoring our program, our game show program. So Baratus Catholic can be found on Etsy. Just search for Baratus Catholic, B-A-R-I-T-U-S. Thank them if you can. We're very grateful to our sponsors of our game show. If you want to hang out with us in the after show, please do. Uh, we can uh, hang out with you on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or you can hang out right on our own website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And whatever you want to talk about is on the agenda. If not, we'll see you back here Monday. We have a great lineup next week. And to include Michael Knowles, it's going to be wonderful. We'll see you then. God bless you and God love you. 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we conversate more casually about whatever is on your mind. We're no longer on the radio, so we're just hanging out on the live video stream, which is on Facebook, YouTube. It's on Twitter, although I still don't know that we can actually see any comments from the Twitter feed. We do see people retweeting and such and commenting that way, but not necessarily on the feed itself, unless I'm mistaken, Adrian. Yeah, you can uh, comment on it, but only through the mobile app. You can't comment. Oh, I see. Via, like on Twitter.com. Uh, yeah. So if you're on it on your computer, you cannot comment. If you are on it on your phone, then you can comment. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, we'd see a lot of people coming from Twitter, actually, to our YouTube channel. And we're very good. grateful for that. But I want to. there's a bunch of people. Great conversation going on on the YouTube side today. Lori was on uh, YouTube, which is really weird. Lori's a, a Facebooker. Hanging out on YouTube, that means Facebook's not working correctly. Um, par for the course with Facebook, unfortunately. Uh, Mike K., good morning to you. Praise be to God. Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. Bridget Dunn, it must be a brand new commenter. By the way, if you're new here and you've never hung out with us before, we like to lavish some love on our brand new commenters. So if you are a first-time commenter, please let us know, and we would like to uh, thank you for that. But is Bridget Dunn a brand new commenter? Uh, sure. On YouTube? Not not sure, but sure. <laughs> You're not sure, but sure. Praise be to God. Thank you, Bridget, for your generous uh, comment this morning. Being a first-time commenter, we're very grateful to you. Praise be to God. 93 from uh, Canada is here. Praise Jesus. Tammy, good morning to you. Monica Cortez and Angelo, uh, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Pierre Schiffer, I think, is a first-time commenter. Uh, are you a first-time commenter, Pierre? I wonder. I think so. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Pierre, for commenting on our program today. Very grateful to you. Leticia, good morning to you. Praise hey, be to Hey, Restoring Jesus. the Faith is here. Good what? morning, Restoring the Faith. Restoring he said, uh, good work, guys. Thank no. you. Amen. Good morning. Much appreciated. Is Restoring the Faith the first time commenter? Uh, that's a good question. I guess so. Anna's over here destroying Welcome. the studio. Restoring <laughs> the Faith. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. We also Thank have you for commenting. Mike from Anthony Sosa as a first time viewer. What? Praise be to God. Oof, tons of people today. Veronica, good morning. She says, new listener here. My favorite bishop, Bishop Schneider, is always such a blessing to listen Same. to. Such Ooh. a holy man of God. Well, we got at least two more uh, first-time listeners there, Adrian. Veronica, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you. Let us know where you're from, too, by the way. What part of the world do you live in? That would be wonderful to know. By the way, uh, St. Teresa of Avila on YouTube is hanging out in the studio with us. Anna, good morning to you. Good morning. Are you done destroying the place, or...? I think so. Yeah. My microphone's That's a tricky. These mic these mic stands are super tricky. They look easy, but you they know, have a mind of their own sometimes, do. and they then do. they're like, "No, I'm not playing today," and then they just retract. Yes, they do <laughs> out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I, like I find myself always chasing them down. I feel like it, it says, "I don't want to talk to you today." And it's <laughs> it's weird because like right now it's fine. It sits perfectly still. It's okay. And then other times I have to physically hold it to keep it in place. So it truly humbles you. It, it does. <laughs> it's Friday too. Yes. You pray the litany of humility on Fridays. That's and true. Yikes. Oh, speaking of Friday, today is, I believe, Lori's birthday. Hey! Happy birthday. Happy birthday! Amen to that. I love celebrating other people's birthdays. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Is that her birthday <laughs> gift? Jesus is yes. Is this is your birthday gift to Lori. She's welcome. You, sir, have a lot to answer for. In your in your judgment, uh, let's see the Stevie Wonder one. Did I, I like say that. did I say good morning Friday. to Mike K? Mike K, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Good to see you, my friend Raymond Long. 
Good morning to you. Uh, you you mentioned Raymond already, didn't you, Janelle? I did, and I mentioned Anthony Sosa. Oh, okay. Uh, is Raymond Long a brand new commenter? I, I think so. Uh, praise be to God, Raymond. Uh, there's a massive debate breaking out in, uh, on the YouTube side of people um, debating about forgiveness. It's mm. very fascinating. I don't know where the question originated from, but the argument they're making that's being made is, um, must we forgive people who are uh, who not, do not ask for forgiveness? Who are not sorry for offending? Right, that they're not they're not they don't they don't apologize. They're not sorry. Should we forgive them? And uh, I think clearly, uh, our Lord teaches that yes, we have to forgive those who trespass against us. Uh, even it doesn't say if they repent or if they are sorry. I think it's clear that that we are required. And and I don't think it's to say that. Um, because someone was making the point, oh, then aren't we holding ourselves to a higher standard than God? Because God only forgives those who repent, uh, who are have contrition. And I would say it's not a holding us to a higher standard than God. It's holding us to a different standard because he's God. And so we, well, we can't compare ourselves. Is it true that we're being held to a higher standard than God? If What's God is the one who's asked us to forgive uh, as much as seven times 70 you know, as he said to St. Peter, or if, as he said in Matthew chapter 6, unless you forgive the sins of others, you will not be yourself forgiven. Um, you know, and Jesus dying on a cross, God incarnate, taking upon flesh, and that flesh being torn from his body, mocked and scourged, hung there to die painfully, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So, I, th- I believe it is, in fact, the standard uh, as uh, Matthew 5:48 says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. He says that right after he says to love your enemies. So the yeah, standard I mean, of God is to forgive, even if your enemy is is unrepentant. No, see the the comment was that that we're holding ourselves to a higher standard than God is holding Himself to. Like so, we're saying that we're we're going to put ourselves in a higher standard than God because God only forgives those who have contrition. But of course, that's not right because we don't hold our, we hold ourselves to a different standard. Like God. Uh, isn't bound by his right. laws. Yeah. God isn't bound by uh, by the commandments that he gives us. He's not right. bound by the sacraments that he requires of us. Uh, it's a, it's a yeah. uh, false equivalency. Yes. Yeah, good point. Um, let me go on to say, William Hensworth, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Good to see you, my friend. Good conversation, though. I like the fact that that conversation is going down. Um, Monica, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Good to see you here. I'm just scrolling through. And, and of course, Anthony. Um, as you said, Anthony Souza. I watched the interview with Bishop Schneider. I highly recommend Christus Venchett, his book interview. Uh, he comes from a whole family of heroes. Yes, that first part of Christus Venchett is particularly very good, is it not? Yes, very. I've read it. It's excellent. 10 out of 10, would recommend. Uh, Michelle makes a great point, said, uh, yes, forgiveness for unsolicited forgiveness. Forgiver, forgiveness. For unsolicited forgiveness. St. Maria Goretti. I love the humility of St. Maria Goretti. St. Maria taught me to forgive and get out of the way and place those uh, to forgive in God's hands. Absolutely, yeah. We, we, see, we see the examples of the saints. The saints show us that, yes, we are to forgive. We're supposed to, we forgive those. Like We look at, at St. Uh, Thomas More, who forgave his executioner. The executioner didn't ask for forgiveness. The executioner didn't think he was doing anything wrong. Um, and we see this with, throughout the saints' Uh, throughout history, all the saints forgave their killers, forgave their, yeah. um, uh, their people um, that, mil- that murdered them. Every once in a while, I'll see it posted on social media, and I cannot remember this man's name. He was a priest in Spain during the Civil War in Spain. Uh, the communists and the, and the 
just it was a hot mess there in Spain. And I can't remember this man's name, but his face, I can clearly see his face right now in my mind. And he's just smiling. He's be, you know, he's beaming. And next to him stands one of his executioners. He, this was moments before they shot him to death. And he had peace and joy. It was radiating from his face. And he, of course, like Miguel Pro and other martyrs of the church, forgave their killers, even like St. Stephen, uh, one of the first martyrs of the church, forgave their killers like our Lord and Savior did. So even when your killers uh, are lusting for your death, forgiving them is very godly. Um, uh, let's go to, uh, again, Lori, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Joaquin Hernandez, good morning to you. Gloria, good morning to you. It's good to see you here. Susan Weber and Don, praise be to Jesus. Uh, we enjoy hanging out with you again, of course. Uh, Melanie, good morning to you over on the Facebook side. Elizabeth uh, from Kenya, good morning to you. Buddy Kanan, of course, our friend. Uh, it's always good to hang out with you, of course. Uh, Michelle, as you just said. Ubi is here. Um, let's see who else. Bruce Toman, good morning to you. Jesus Robles, friend of the show. It's good to have uh, Joe Gomaldi on. Jesus connected us to Joe. Joe's been on uh, many national programs uh, talking about the defund police movement. I was uh, very happy to have a conversation with, uh, with Joe Gomaldi on the rise in violence across our country and the politics surrounding it. And, you know, I got to say on that point, I'm glad to see that Democrats are starting to push back. And to say this is not good. As I said, the Democrat House Majority Whip James Clyburn is pushing back on his own party and the Democrats who are pushing this defund police movement. He says he is. Uh, this is uh, as he says. This is absolute pop, uh, poppycock. <laughs> that was his response to uh, MSNBC host who was calling him out for for uh, criticizing the Democrats for that. But uh, great interview with Joe Gamaldi this morning. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, what else? So, a lot of great conversation. There seems to be some Twitter activity going on around our Bishop Athanasius Snyder conversation today, Adrian. Oh, yeah. Big time. A lot of retweets. Uh, our buddy, uh, Deacon uh, Donnelly from England, he uh, was retweeting. He was live retweeting quotes from Bishop Snyder throughout the interview. It was pretty great. Thank yeah. you very much. If you're still listening, Deacon Donnelly, thanks. Much. We appreciate all the shares that you... Uh, that you always do every day. Yeah, amen. God. Amen. Now, you know, some will say, well, why are we having this conversation at all? This is not, this is not new. Um, and it may not be new, but I think it's also important to clarify some of these issues because we are seeing rumors come out. And it's hard to know. And this is something, I'm not a journalist. I'm a commentator. You know, I, I have opinions and I share them. But um, I'm not a journalist. And it's hard sometimes to know fact from fiction. It's hard sometimes to know what to believe and what not to believe. We see a lot of people quoting sources, and some of those sources are insider sources. Some of them are anonymous, and, and there's no way to verify any of that information. So it, it, it's curious to me as to uh, very serious people like Bishop Athanasius, a bishop in the church, right? Someone who obviously um, is, uh, is very well read, well versed, well taught, well formed. And also has connections, you know, what, what is his opinion of these rumors? What does he think about these things? What will be the implications if they should happen uh, versus if they should not? That, that was part of the conversation we wanted to have with him. Um, he's a great resource on this topic. 
But the other issue on the SSPX, there's a lot of myths and misconceptions about the SSPX that I find uh, most Catholics just simply, they just buy these things. They just believe them. I myself believe many of them. And I don't go to the chapel. I'm not an SSPX uh, uh, person. I don't go to their chapel. Uh, the only SSPX mass I've ever been to was a funeral mass many years ago. Um, so clarity is part of what we're trying to offer. And who better than the one guy the Vatican sent to observe the SSPX. Who's going to have better insight than that? Uh, Bishop Athanasius Schneider. And I think today he provided uh, great, uh, great clarity to us on the subject. It's a, it's a complicated situation canonically for them, and we pray that it gets resolved. But it's not like what most Catholics think about them, and I think that was an important conversation to have. So I'm looking, looking forward to posting Absolutely. that later. Um, so the conversation is still going on on uh, on Facebook. That's good. Praise God. I'm glad to see that conversation going on. And if you, again, if you've never commented, please comment. Let us know where you're from. Uh, even if you just say, hey, I'm from so-and-so, we'd love to see that. We love our first-time commenters. That makes, uh, uh, makes us happy to see first-time commenters. Of course, we have a lot of our regular CDT insiders are here as well. Speaking of which... So last night I sent the CDT Insider email. I send it every Thursday, generally speaking, uh, and we gave them the Michael Knowles conversation that we had. Really good. It's an hour long, jam packed. It was a very good conversation. We sent that to the CDT Insider list. Uh, the general Boinkin interview. We interview. We interviewed him yesterday. That was also a very good conversation. Wouldn't you say, Adrian? Absolutely. I was. Uh, I didn't know who really much about him beforehand. I heard his name a couple times. But um, I listened to a couple interviews beforehand, and he uh, seems like a good evangelical uh, person, and he's uh, had a lot of good things to say that were very hopeful, but he also had a lot of insight into the issue with China that I was, uh, it's very concerning. Uh, so you you definitely want to hear that interview. <laughs> yes. That's part of the reason why we wanted to talk to him. I wanted to talk to him about the military, because, you know, obviously he was such a uh, a great figure within the uh Certain communities within the military, he helped to found Delta Force. He ran the Green Berets and the Army Special Forces School. So he trained some of the top-tier uh, men of our country. He actually, interesting enough, he actually brought women into Delta Force when he was in, uh, in, in command. But not in the way that we might think in, um, in some terms. He brought women in because he found that they were better capable at the intelligence side of the business. And not the physical side. They were incapable of handling the physical co components. Um, and he also acknowledges that the, the presence of women in a combat role disrupts the uh, – I'm trying to put words in his mouth a little bit here based on what I've heard him say uh, – disrupts the equilibrium so much, uh, so, so to speak, rather, of, of the way the teams work. I found it interesting to talk to him about some of the things going on in the military. He's a huge figure, General Boinkin, and what he says we ought to be paying attention to about some of the trends going down in our country, going down in our military, and that affects their readiness. And then when you talk about China, Russia, Iran, you realize there's, there's a lot of trouble on the horizon. The good news for us as Catholics is uh, the, the remedy to all troubles in the, on planet Earth are prayer, fasting, and penance, uh, living in a state of grace, personal holiness. So... Even though we have great difficulties ahead, uh, uh, you know, as our Lord says in the gospel today, sending his own apostles to, to die as martyrs, um, be not afraid. 
uh, because we have great grace on our side. And ultimately, the blood seed of the martyrs is the, is the fruit by which the gospel brings about a converts to the church. So there's still much opportunity to suffer well for, and that's, it's interesting, you brought that up with him yesterday about suffering. Something evangelicals probably don't fully understand is the value of suffering. Mm-hmm. And he was very shocked by the word suffering. He was like, "That's yeah, that, yeah. that's actually a good word, yeah. It's not, it's not one in his vocabulary, probably. Mm. So that was fascinating conversation. Yeah, uh, restoring the faith. I know that's something you also uh, talk about quite a bit. No women in combat. Need, go, need good order and discipline. You know, it's interesting. When I was listening to uh, General Boykin talk about that particular topic, it wasn't in the conversation we had. We, could, we just didn't get to that part. But um, I was listening to him talk about it with somebody else, a, a Vietnam veteran. And the two of them are Vietnam veterans, by the way. So uh, Boykin served in combat. And um, the other guy talked about how he was at a forward operating base in Vietnam and how they didn't see women for like three, four months. You know, constant um, combat activity, that kind of thing. And then he says, all of a sudden, they brought these nurses onto the base. And it, like, destroyed everything because the guys just, like, they, you know, it just really messed up everything about their, their, uh, their tempo, their cohesion, their focus. Everything got really messed up. And that's part of what General Boykin was talking about is that's why you can't do that. In addition to the fact that the women can't handle the physical nature, uh, men are built for this. They're designed, it's like, as if, it's as if they're designed by God for a particular purpose, whereas women have a different design. And he pointed out that he found that women were better capable than men in other areas, and he would use the, the women for that, those roles. And in, the, in his case, it was intelligence work. So anyway, very fascinating conversation with uh, General Boinkin, and we're going to be sharing that to the CDT insiders first, and then we'll be playing it on the show. Also coming up next week, uh, you all right over there? Yep. You're, you're surviving it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also coming up next week is Matt Walsh. Uh, so we, inter- we, like I said, we interviewed Michael Knowles. We'll be playing a portion of that next Thursday, but we are also interviewing Matt Walsh next week as well on his book, Church of Cowards. So that's an interesting comment. I, the first chapter of the church. How many people have read The Church of Cowards by Matt Walsh? There's I have not. The first chapter is, like, if that's all you read, that's all you would need. It's just the first chapter. It is, it is so, um, it's a hammer blow. It's a sledgehammer. Um, real quickly, I wanted to read St. Thomas's commentary on the Paternoster, on the forgive. And he says, uh, <laughs> forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Uh, St. Thomas says, concerning the third consideration of this petition, it must be known that on our part, we are required to forgive our neighbor the offenses which he commits against us. Now, note, he doesn't say when he repents. I'll continue. Thus, we say, as we forgive those who trespass against us, otherwise God would not forgive us. Man, quote, man to man reserveth anger and doth he seek remedy of God? Question mark. End quote. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Therefore, only in this petition is there a condition when it says, as we forgive those who trespass against us. If we do not forgive, you shall not be forgiven. But you may think, I shall say what goes first in the petition, namely, forgive us. But that as we forgive those who trespass against us, I shall not say, would you seek to deceive Christ? You certainly do not deceive him, for Christ who made this prayer remembers it well and cannot be deceived. 
If therefore you say it with the lips, let the heart fulfill it. But one may ask whether he who does not intend to forgive his neighbor ought to say, as we forgive those who trespass against us. It seems not, for such is a lie. But actually it must be said that he does not lie because he prays not in his own person, but in that of the church who is not deceived. And therefore the petition itself is in the plural number. And it must be known that forgiveness is twofold. One applies to the perfect where the one offended seeks out the offender, seek after peace. The other is common to all and is and to it all are equally bound that one offended grant pardon to the one who seeks it forgive thy neighbor if he had hurt thee and then they and then shall thy sins be forgiven to thee when thou prayest and from this follows the other beatitudes blessed are the merciful for mercy causes us to have pity on our neighbor uh, so i think it's very important that we do forgive those that we forgive others um because that's going to be the thing that uh that if we have unforgiveness in our hearts that's something that can cause us great, great turmoil. And uh, many exorcists talk about that that is a key thing that ends up uh, locking people yeah. in their sin, that they yeah. are not able to get the uh, the demons out of them because they have yeah. a spirit of unforgiveness within them. Well, it's very important. Our, our, our guest, uh, Pacola, uh, remember we interviewed yeah, her a couple Therese, weeks back, Therese Pacola? Yes, she was awesome. Yeah, she was she, awesome. wasn't that part of her testimony? Yes, it was, it was. She had to go through full exorcism. And uh, and she didn't realize this in, until she was she went like eighteen months of worth of exorcism sessions, and it was during that time she realized that she was holding on to something. It was like a, a grudge or some kind mm-hmm. that prevented her from freedom, from liberation. And once they once they got to that, then they were able to uh, bring about her liberation. It's a pretty yeah. powerful testimony. Forgi- unforgiveness blocks a lot of um, graces from flowing in. Graces from yeah. flowing in and, and from being receptive um, to the Holy Spirit. But I want to say, um, somebody who struggles with, um, as one who has struggled and wrestled with unforgiveness, mm-hmm. and um, that is a very hard thing to do. Uh, sure. And we're talking about big offenses. We're not talking about, oh, you know, my neighbor, you know, the the car in front of me cut me off. I have to forgive him. It, it's not like that. When you have, when you're presented with that, it's usually something big, and yeah. it's and it's hard. Sure. And uh, there's a lot of things that you want to look at in scripture and go, well, the Bible says this. Well, it says that. No, Christ at his he makes it very on his clear. cross. Yeah. He made it very clear. I, I'll say this though, because this is also something you know. I think most of us have probably struggled through some of this in our lives. You know, um, you can have people who do bad things to you, or do hurtful things to you, or just mean things. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, you might struggle to forgive them. Um, you can forgive, but that doesn't mean you have to hang out with them at the playground. Nope. <laughs> Just for, loving someone does not require <laughs> yeah, you to yeah. hang out with and them. Avoid them. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, let's go to lunch or something. Like. Yeah, it you doesn't. don't have to talk to them. You don't, you don't have, have to talk to them. You don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to, like, play nice or nicey-nice with them. You don't have to do any of those things. What you do have to do is forgive. And that is love. That is that is a form of love your neighbor, yeah. is forgiving your neighbor. You're not saying that they're right, but, you're, but that gives it to God. Mm-hmm. And it's not... In, it's not a one-time thing. It cannot. Sometimes it's not a one-time thing. No, it's, it, it yeah. may be daily. It may be hourly. It yeah. may be every time you think about it. You have to forgive. Yeah, and you might also have to just ask God for 
the desire to forgive. Because you, yes. you may not be at the point where you're ready to forgive. So God, please give me the desire to forgive yes. this, this knucklehead that's done X, Y, or Z. Um, what it's I super have, hard, but And it's what I found, important. like, it's because it's spiritual warfare. It's a form of spiritual warfare. And, and I'm learning, and I've learned, um, to bless your enemies. Because at that point, you probably think they're, they're your enemy. And what does our Lord say? Bless your enemy. <clears throat> And something I've heard from Jesse Romero that I've I've actually applied is just saying, hey, you know, Lord, uh, uh, bless them. 10,000 blessings if they need that. Yeah. Bless them. Bless them. This many blessings. However many blessings you want to give them. Yeah, amen. And it works. Yeah. It works for you. It does. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, praise be to God. I'm glad there's a conversation, a, a dialogue, a debate, however you wish. On the YouTube uh, comments, uh, I'm grateful for that. I think it's a good conversation to have. Uh, so praise be to God. Uh, I see uh, somebody new here, uh, Undead Chronic's son. Interesting, interesting, interesting name, choice of name. Okay. <laughs> Maybe there's a backstory, but praise be to God, you're here commenting. We're very grateful to you. God bless you. It says pray for Father Altman. Yeah, we talked about that on the first hour. Uh, breaking news this morning: Father Altman's bishop in La Crosse, Wisconsin, has suspended his faculties and uh, has removed him as pastor of the parish there, St. James. And um, the I, I, was it clear whether or not he's asked to leave the rectory because his aging his elderly parents live there too. He takes care of his ninety year old plus parents as well. Now I guess he's allowed to say a private mass for his parents. But nobody else. Um, so keep him in your prayers. Now, the, the good news about Father Altman is, you know, he's he, he's got lots of resources and support structure at this point. Uh, I'm surprised, to be frank, I'm surprised it went this long. I, I thought he was going to be removed much sooner than this. Uh, so he has he's was raised quite a bit of amount of money in order to uh, pay for canon uh, lawyers to help him in his cause. Where that will go and how it will end. I do not know. Some, a lot of times it doesn't end well, um, and there are plenty of priest examples to, to, to you know share with that. But keep them in your prayers. Keep the diocese in their prayers. It's uh, it's crazy these days. A lot of pressure on uh, on faithful priests all over our world, especially here in the United States. Uh, so anyway, undead chronic son, thank you for hanging out with us today, and thank you for for commenting. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, undead chronics. Son, I want to know the history behind that name, um, just as of one point. But he said, is the TLM Catholic? Yes, it's very Catholic. Very. It is the traditional form of the Mass. It is the Mass of the Ages. The Mass of the Saints is referred to. Um, ever and it, ancient, ever new. Uh, and it's uh, it was the, uh, some people call it the Tridentine Mass because it was codified at the Council of Trent, uh, though it traces its lineage back to um, to Peter and Paul themselves. They, people will say that the the canon the Roman canon is uh, was composed by Peter and Paul himself. Um, so yes, it's very Catholic. Yeah, Amen. Uh, Mike K. Kay. Mike K. In his brilliance, has said uh, you know it's way too serious conversation today. He wants to inject some levity. He says, "My wife asked me to go go get six cans of Sprite from the grocery oh, store." Oh no! He says he realized when he got home that he had picked up he had he had picked seven up. Ugh. I messed that up bad. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but you know what the hat said to the scarf? It says, you can hang around, but I'll just go on ahead. True story. 
true story. <laughs> true story? <laughs> said that? Come on, man. Come you on, said we're alive. I don't think it means what Jacob means. Tam- Tammy, on the other hand, uh, of course, astute and brilliant as always, Tammy, Tammy asked for the horns of the apocalypse. Well done, Tammy. It's Friday. Of course, we need we need the horns of the apocalypse to uh, offset some of this some of this in- intensity in the conversation. Praise be to Jesus. Is the TLM on the chopping block? Yeah, hmm. probably. Well, maybe. Um, I, the problem is, as Bishop Athanasius Snyder pointed out, is all we have right now are rumors. You know, th- th- we don't have anything definitive, and you know. That's part of the frustration and the challenge of having the conversation at all is there are maybe some solid rumors. That's, you know, obviously a, a great potential, but rumors nonetheless, and we're stuck with just speculating versus dealing with concrete things. And unfortunately, we're going to find uh, – we're going to have to be dealing with them once. If it does come out that they revise the document, well, then I mm-hmm. guess we'll have to be dealing with it in a more concrete then. But by then, who knows? Uh, let's see here. My case is why does why do bees have sticky hair? Why do bees have sticky hair? Why do they? Uh, because they use a honeycomb. Uh, obviously, <laughs> I guess if you didn't, I know. guess you can have a sweet hairdo. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. There. Ooh. Mm. Honey, how's my hair? <laughs> Good one, Janelle. What Good one. Did, uh, you know, a judge went to the dentist, you know, had a toothache or something like that. You know, uh-huh. what, you know what the judge said to the dentist? What? Do you swear to pull the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth? <laughs> it's funny because both of my parents are dentists. <laughs> both of them are? Both of them. So what kind of humor is happening at your place? Oh man. Um well What what jokes do Dennis tell? I'm curious. I don't know. My parents are very serious people. So <laughs> I, I think I I I, I um I was the one in the family who to make up for all the jokes <laughs> the, or the lack thereof at my house. <laughs> What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? A what? A zippo? A, a hippo and a, a zippo. zippo. A zippo's a lighter. Yeah. Oh. Like, zippo lighters? You never heard of zippos? When were you born? It's because brief. one is lighter? Uh, well, close. It's One okay. is really heavy. The other is a little lighter. <laughs> Zippo is actually a little lighter. Anyway. Zippos are kind of big. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, don't ruin the joke. Come on, man. All right. There you go. Praise be to God. We are out of time. That music means we have to go. Great conversations today. Great debate today. Thank you all for hanging out with us. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, Monday through Friday. We're very grateful for your being a part of our program, and we're going to have a a wonderful lineup for you next week, and we're excited to see you then. So uh, do us a favor, share our show with your friends and your family. We'd be very grateful to you. God bless you. God love you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you then. 